get into geek where, well, look, we're not even talking anything specific today. Usually, Maddie, we're here to talk about movies or TV. Today, it's a little mm-hmm. bit of everything. We're doing a big Comic-Con wrap. Uh, my name is Mitch. we got Maddie Gibson here. Hello. Hi, Mitch. We're also going to make uh, a little bit of a, a debut at the butt of, uh, of one <laughs> Emma. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, yes, yeah, we're right. Thank you, thank I you. should probably take off the big glove I've got in my hand to actually make a good <laughs> clapping sound. We've been wanting to get you involved for, for so long and whatever we seem to, you know, I'm free, you're not, and vice versa yep. And, yep. and stuff that I've I've not been sure what you're interested in because I know yeah, you, you love your film, but yep. I always feel like you're so much smarter than I and you're into much more <laughs> in, intelligent content. Very, very <laughs> you pull it off very well. So right, we're going to talk about some real sweaty, geeky shit that Maddie and I are into today and just sort of, you know, gauge your interest in, sure. in that. Mm. And we'll see If we'll we see you we glazing go. over, we'll know it's time yeah. to Topics. Oh no, uh, we've lost another one. <laughs> so we'll start off with the with the big movie trailers. We're going to start with the A, Aquaman, because this is going to be where the big reveal of the trailer is going to be. This movie's coming out at the end of the year. They've been making it for the last eighteen months, but we've seen next mm. to nothing. Here locally to too, comic- wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was done here locally. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, James Wan, obviously Aussie director, so bringing it home. Uh, so Aquaman. Dare I start with you, Maddie? Because as far as the DC <laughs> film universe, I don't know what the proper you know, initials they're using these days, but uh, oh, that's right because the DCEU was kind of a fan created thing. It was wasn't like a, it? yeah, like a critic thing almost. Yeah. And then then people are like it's the DCFU, and I'm like, well, that's 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 room well, for Maddie to go. That's DC a little meta. Is yeah, effing you <laughs> with these movies? But um, you know, you've had like one and a quarter uh, success rate with the four <laughs> or five films so far. So Pretty Aquaman much. comes out, Jason Momoa, and all of his you know shirtless gloriness. What did you think of the Aquaman trailer? I didn't mind it. Yeah. I mean, I love Jason Momoa, um, even pre his um, Game of Thrones days back when he was in Stargate. You know, that oh, was that course, was my mate. first introduction to Jason Momoa, and I've loved him since then. In Justice League, I found his character a bit too sort of surfer bro. Well, you. All he seemed to do was just go, you, woo. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Insert. And I was like, oh, he's so much better than that. So it'll be good to see what they do with this and give him a bit more meat. Because I think I was very, um, in the same way when we were first introduced to Wonder Woman back in Batman v Superman, to me, she was the shining light of that horrible film. Um, <laughs> and then she was able to really shine. And I absolutely loved Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, that was such a great film because uh, Gal was given so much to do. So I'm hoping that we get kind of a repeat of that with Aquaman in that we can get past the, woo, yeah, all right, tubular cowbunga stuff. And give Jason Momoa something. If he does to say do. cowbunga, I'm not going to be upset because <laughs> there's no way he's going to. So if he does surprise me, I don't think I'm going to be that angry. But yeah, you're yeah. right. And I found there was a little bit of that in this trailer anyway. There was a bit, yeah. yeah. So mm. what, what, what did you? Are you into this sort of stuff, Emma? Because obviously, surprise, surprise, I'm actually wearing like a, a, a House of Zod t-shirt. So <laughs> it's not even a Superman t-shirt. So quite clearly, you know my yeah. interest. But yeah. um, are you are, are you into this sort of stuff? Um, and what do you think? I'm going to confess, I've always been more Marvel than DC. DC just haven't held up their end mm. in the mm. cinematic universes. So. Yeah, especially live action. Yeah. Yes. They seem to have struggled a bit. But, yeah, look, I'm really hoping it's going to be good because for all of those reasons, like, I love Jason Momoa. It's an Aussie film. Like, it was made just down the road. I know a couple of people who worked on it, so it's like... Oh, great. I really want it to be good, but at the same time, you kind of get the feeling it's going to be... A bit disappointing. Mm. You gotta be, yeah, a little bit worried just because of the history. And I haven't yeah. hated the movies or the franchise as much as what Maddie has. I've been disappointed to say the least in in some of them, and then other ones I've liked that you certainly haven't, Maddie. But I, I was, yeah, very interested about Aquaman as almost a the next stage of this DC film universe because it's following on from all of the 
highs and lows of 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 the franchise so far. Jason Momoa, yeah, he was like in it for a second. BVS, he obviously got more to do, but not as much as we would have liked in Justice League. But it's been so long. It's made in Australia. And in some ways, I'm looking at that from outside of the film where he's so far away from America and the suits and, and the money that, and it's James Wan, like he's been pretty much, you know, he's been killing it so far since he's been over in the States. He's been throwing horror movies, great, throwing Fast and Furious, and then his lead actor dies. He's still nailing everything. He's doing well. So I've sort of looked at it. Hopefully they've just left him alone. He's so far away mm. and, and down under that they're not going to bother him too much. He can make the movie that he that he wants to. And I really want to see what kind of superhero movie that he makes. Yeah. But um, I think they've changed the rules a little bit. I think they've, they've responded a little bit to the fans' reaction from Justice League. Because I know in Justice League, I think some people were a lot of very critical of that scene of him underwater. It was 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 that with Amber Heard, Mira? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where she kind of created that sort of bubble of air underwater, so they could just talk in air mm. and not talk underwater. Whereas I noticed in this trailer, they're very much just talking yeah, underwater. Talking. Like, yeah, it's, like James Wan, like within days of Justice League coming out, he came out on Twitter and said, "Yeah, we're not using air bubbles in our, yeah. in our film. It's just straight up underwater is, stuff." Is more true to Aquaman, yeah, but. This is the first time we're going to see that in live action. I mean, you can pay it off in cartoons and comic books mm. and it looks fine. But it's like in live action, that's going to be, I think, uh, as long as we can adjust to that and they f- and they find a way to ease us into that for it to sort of make sense for us, mm. I think it, it, that'll be great. Yeah, um, and I, th- I think the trailer, like, it, it's, it's a little bit to take in when you see people, it almost... Under the rules of gravity, they're walking on the surface of the ocean, mm. but it's not like they're floating like we would be. They're actually just walking, and it's like gravity applies, but they're underwater and they're talking, but there's no air coming in because yeah. obviously they're not yeah. they're not depending on air. But then their hair's floating around, but otherwise they're still yeah. very still. It's it's, it's it's such such they a can weird be floating mix of, in the middle of the ocean yeah. and then just apropos of nothing, just be speeding through the water like yep. without even really a kick. And it's so weird because it's like, well, Superman does that in flight, and we don't bat an eye, but it's like. Because we can, you know, swim through the water, we kind of expect them to yeah, play by our rules. These feet, I know. I want to see to that. At least, <laughs> you know, kick off the side of a pool or do something to, you know, to give him that pressure. But he can just sort of do that straight away. So yeah. as long as they can make that kind of believable, because that was the one downside for me with Wonder Woman was some of the things she could do. It kind of just looked like she was just floating through the air. They didn't add the gravity to her when she was punching and kicking and jumping and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping they can find a way to make that all kind of look as, as you know, tidy as possible. Mm. But there has been a lot of um, a lot of love I've seen online for Amber Reed's character of Mira. They're, everyone's really Heard, impressed yeah. with. Oh, sorry, um, Amber Heard. Um, how impressed she looks. Like they're really impressed with how accurate she looks. To me, the hair. I was like, oh, is that a bit too red? Yeah. It's a bit, <laughs> you know. But everyone seems to be seems to be loving it. So I'm not I'm not a huge Aquaman fan. So I'm like, well, you know, if the if the sweaties are really happy with the way she's being portrayed, then who am I to who am I to criticize? Yeah, because I know next to nothing about the character. Like, uh, even, I know very little. Even to the point where I hear the sweaties talk about how Aquaman for the longest time was a character that everyone laughed at because he's the guy that talks to the fish. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even aware of him enough to laugh at what he used to be. But they said you know, as of I think it was almost a video game that kind of reinvented him, and then then the comics had their rebirth. Rebirth, not actually the rebirth line, but a, uh, a, a rebirth a couple of uh, years ago and made him a real badass. And he was much more of a Jason Momoa type than the clean cut blonde hair, you know, orange yeah. scale wearing. It's the same with um, Nick Fury. He used to look yeah. more like David Hasselhoff to the point <laughs> yeah. where David Hasselhoff played him. And then yeah. suddenly someone started drawing him with Samuel L. Jackson in mind. Yeah. Cut to 10 years later when they start making the movie. And like, well, we'll just cast Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. It worked perfectly. And what this trailer says to me, as much as they've uh, disappointed people with, with in, the, in their past films where they might 
you you would you would forgive them if they wanted to play it safe with a character like Aquaman, who's a guy from a f-ing city underwater mm. and can talk to sharks and whales and shit. That they would try and downplay it. This trailer alone says we're not holding anything back. There's an underwater city. It looks like we're going to visit the Gungans again in episode one. <laughs> in the end, there are there are Atlanteans or or the like riding sea creatures like their horses into a medieval type battle under the water mm. and it just looks it it's it's so out there everything it's so cg underwater cities and all this shit it's like if you're not in a little bit don't bother because we're throwing everything aquaman at you yeah and it's just take it or leave it and, and, and to the point where i was talking to some friends uh, on facebook the other day and and a friend of a friend said oh this looks like your green lantern 2.0 and i'm like how dare you how dare you sir <laughs> but to the point that movie was sort of the same it's like you're in this uh, uh, alien planet and there's all these other alien creatures they've all got superpowers and look at all the crazy shit we can do it was sort of like Take it or leave it. This is mm. what Greenland is. It was done poorly, but it wasn't like Aquaman. It's like, hey, we're going to make this really dark and gritty movie about this guy who tells you that he's from the ocean, but we only ever see him. And mm. he's on land a lot, maybe like the first Thor movie. And you just hear about all these amazing things he can do underwater. And, you know, he can make a tidal wave on the beach. And that's the climax of the film. It's like this movie is taking place underwater. Yeah. We're seeing sea creatures, different races of, of, of beings underwater. Well, bring seahorses together and it's, battle. It's funny you said Thor because to me, if, if they do this movie really right, he can he can kind of be the next Thor, mm. and that you know yeah. he's this uh, son of royalty. You know they wanted to take over the throne. He's caught in two worlds. He's caught between the underwater world and and humans. I think the uh, the character of Ocean Master could very much be the next Loki if they do him right. I think people will love Ocean Master. But then we've also got in this film um, Black Manta, who is mm. going to be sort of the main sort of standalone villain. And I think Ocean Master will kind of be that puppeteer behind the behind the scenes pulling the strings, mm. um, who will I think carry on through the through the next through few few films. So I think yeah, we could could easily go go Thor very easily and I think that's that's a great way to go. Black Manta's probably further to my point of what I was just saying about throwing everything at you and I imagine you Emma someone who's not aware of the comic history I ma- I imagine so like myself. Yeah, I I know Aquaman from the the cartoons like right. the, the TV mm. show so where he is the blonde-haired kind yeah, of tall okay. character that nobody really takes seriously. So you would you would have been aware of the look of Black Manta then I imagine. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. See, I was a little bit but only in still images. So when ah. you actually see him fully fledged yeah. live a- uh, live action in this trailer, and he's shooting lasers out of his eyes, and he looks like this alien creature, and it's like, man, you haven't even again. This movie you've made fifteen years ago. That suit does not look anything like that. He might not even yeah. wear that crazy yeah. helmet. But now it's like, hey, you can deal with these crazy characters wearing weird costumes. Yeah. Just deal with it. This is what it is. Well, like, it, like like in Thor, in the very first scene of the first Thor film, we see Chris Hemsworth in his giant sort of winged eagle sort of helmet. Mm. Never worn it again, yeah. but we he had to see it. He's taken it off and he's never put it back on. Yeah, you know, so they could very similar. They it could very the easily do a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With the, with the little helmet, which was which was. But nice. the four movies in between, I'm like, put your damn helmet back. I know you're <laughs> handsome, but please wear it. Like Chris Evans from First Avenger through to the first Avengers movie, they just kept finding him ways to take his mask off because you've got to show your hand. And but but yeah. by Civil War, it's like no no, let him keep it on because you like Captain America now. You don't need to see Chris Evans yeah, to to right. accept it. Emma, you're saying you actually know people that worked on this. Did they do? Did they, were they doing like special effects and all that nah, in Australia? That's handled overseas. That's um, I'm not sure where they would have done it. A lot of special effects comes out of New Zealand. Yeah. Wetter down there. Wetter down yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was um, going to say, whoever's doing it, there's a lot of pressure on them. Like, this is almost like, you know, James Cameron loves his underwater stuff, and I'm sure he's going to take it to the next level with Avatar 2. But 
as far as creating a different way of showing an underwater world, whoever's doing this has got a lot of pressure. But if it's, yeah. if it's Weta, I kind of trust Weta because they're awesome. If like, it is them, yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But. <laughs> no, I'm quoting you on that. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get a lot of story. It seems I saw, I saw some online car- comparisons to Black Panther, except they're like Aquaman is kind of the killmonger in this, which I don't fully agree with. But the mm-hmm. idea that you've got this person that. that's in charge, then you've got an outsider related to him who comes back to try and take the throne um so in, you know it's it looks like a pretty straightforward sort of story but yeah, then you get those hints at dialogue where i thought maybe they would try to hide that surfer bro type stuff but there was a lot of momoa isms in there mm, like you yeah. look at the guy you're like yeah he would talk like that but do we need an aquaman talking like that when he was yeah. limited to that in justice league and then this we're like all right no this is awesome you know <laughs> we're gonna give you an ass whooping i'm like yeah. you've had at least four or five 80s action movie one-liners so mm. far, and it's a two-and-a-half-minute trailer. Just limit that back. If that was his character overall, it'd be like if he was Michelangelo, mm. I'm down with yeah, that. Yeah, 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 that's true. But they're also trying to play up this, oh, he's this loner, he's this broken the inside, serious side, and it's like if someone who's really going through that emotional torment that, that Jason Momoa can play... Is he also going to be a yeah woo party kind of guy as well? I, I just find those two elements of a character I find really hard to mesh together into one like fully realized person. Mm. So I think that's the hardest part I'm having I'm having with his characterization. So if they can if they can blend those two things together, maybe the whole bro yeah woohoo thing is. I don't know, it's a cover or it's maybe him learning to embrace his Atlantean side because he's half Atlantean, half human. I, I don't know if they can write something or he can perform something that that addresses that that I can buy then I think I'm totally down for it I guess he's he's in a unique position I'm, I'm uh, pun intended or not he is a fish out of water in both worlds like mm. humans he's still that fish guy but with the fish guys he's still that person who yeah which is a great sort well, of you know analogy in the same way you know Marvel does it with the mutants they're kind of these these outsiders they're mm. just like us but they're different so it's like if they can play that up you know where where um, Jason Momoa is like he doesn't feel at home in, in either either world, if they can play that up, that's great. Mm. You know, that's that's something I think that we can, we've all felt like outsiders at some point, you know, whether it be in a social circle or our family circle or anything like that, we've all felt like outsiders at, for, for some reason or another. So it's like, if that's something that we can all emotionally attach onto with that character, I think he'll become very beloved. So it's just finding that right, that right balancing act between character driven moments and then giving us, you know, spectacle and fun and superhero stuff. Yeah, that yeah. stuff definitely looks like it's going to be taken care of. Regardless yeah. of, like, I mean, we've still got months. So if it, the CGI is a little bit dodgy. They're still working on well, stuff. We can like, go they're going to work on that until we can go all the way to, back to our uh, Batman v Superman chat when I said, you know, the DCEU is is like porn. It's like the visuals are great. Yeah. There's just not a lot of storyline. Like, you're not you're not there for the storyline. <laughs> so if they can flip, like, they've got the visuals down. If they can bring us a storyline mm. that, we, that we can attach to, then I'm, I'm all for it. So I asked you this, I, Emma, that... If we're going to compare it a little bit to Black Panther, people came away from that movie going, "Oh, was the bad guy actually right? Like, did he have a good point up until the fact that he wanted to like genocide half the planet? Did he actually have a good reason for doing what he's doing?" Now, in this, we see that uh, Patrick Wilson's character, um, Ocean Master, mm. wants to take on the surface dwellers. He wants to take on the land people. Us because we're destroying the oceans. When you think about the high percentage of the world that the ocean takes up they basically rule the planet if we were aware of them they'd be ruling the planet they're super powered they're nearly supermen um and, and and they cover much more of the earth than what we do they're going to come to us and right now i mean there's so much going on even in this country with our plastic bag bands and stuff about saving the oceans like we're actually destroying the oceans. so are we going to go into this movie and go 
yeah, these ocean guys, they got a they got a bit of a point. We suck. <laughs> like are we gonna yeah, are we true. gonna feel for Ocean Master's plan even though we're gonna want Jason Momoa to win oh. the fight? Oh, that's a tricky question. Do we hope that's the case anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Is that gonna I, be I part think, of Maddie's good story? The point of a good story is that you don't you have conflict in yourself mm. when you watch something. So it's like mm. the bad guy might be a bad guy, but he has a reason for what he's doing. It makes sense. Almost like Thanos, you know? Mm. Like, yeah, rather than just being evil. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what makes a story great is that you have, yeah, that inner conflict where you just don't know what, what is right. Who who should win this fight? I don't know. Yeah. Mm. So, it's very much like Avatar. It's like, you know, you go in thinking, okay, well, I'm on the human side because I'm a human. Yeah. And then you kind of live as, as the... Um, God, what are the Avatar people's names? The, the Navi. The Navi, that's right. <laughs> you sort of live with them and you see it from their point of view and you kind of... I felt very conflicted in that movie, you yeah. know, and that was, some people say it was too on the nose for like, you know, being green and looking after the planet and all that sort of stuff. But I found it a really sort of clever way to, to be done and, and sort of makes you sort of think about as you leave the cinema, you're like, oh, what am I doing in my day-to-day life that I can, you know, change to make sure that, you know, that little cat running past is not going to die or the mm. seagulls are going to be fine. You know, I like, I like <laughs> that kind of stuff. So this could very much be, um, be like a, yeah, like a bit of an avatar sort of theme as well, which yeah. I'm fine with. Well, I did read that um, James Wan, after that they showed the, the audience at Comic-Con the trailer we watched, they actually released a Comic-Con room, whole H only, second trailer. Ooh. So we might get a second look not too far away, and we'll see what we think about that. And the movie comes out uh, in December. Some av- Avatar release time as well. So we nice. will. there is another DC movie we'll talk about. We might uh, put that back just a second, and we'll talk about something that uh, we were discussing uh, off mic, Emma. Fantastic yes. Beasts. Yes. Two, kind of, the uh, crimes of... Is it Grindelwald? Did I hear them in the trailer pronounce the W Ooh. as like a, a soft V? I hope not. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine by me. Yeah. So I I'm I, I like the Harry Potter movies. Um, The first Fantastic Beast, I don't know whether I wasn't a big fan or it was just arguably the worst movie experience of my life, not because of the film, but because I actually started to drive in, which, uh, you know, is one. I don't mind the drive in. I love the going to the drive in, but I do it with my wife a lot because we have kids and we can't get out as much. Yep. We don't want to use up the babysitting time just three, four nights a week just to go and watch films. So we take them, put them in the back, give them an iPad with, you know, Peppa Pig to watch or something. Um, <laughs> Fantastic Beasts come out. Um, I want to say my second boy was still very, very young. And they just cried and screamed the whole time. Yeah. I honestly, if you asked me what Fantastic Beasts and where to find them was about, I could not tell you. So I have, you haven't n- gone back and rewatched it? No, it's on Netflix, and I will definitely do it before I watch the second yeah. film. But I reckon I was actually really excited by this trailer. This and it was an, it was a Comic Con type trailer. It was like three and a half minutes, so I actually did like it. But I don't know whether it was because it was a good trailer or I do have memories of the first one and it looks better than the first one. You probably have better memory than I. How did you find this one? Um, yeah, I I wasn't a massive fan of the first one. I think um, there was some of like the relationships were a bit weak. Mm. Um, imagery was beautiful. Like it was like the the actual monsters and creatures and stuff. They were like so well done. But yeah, I, I just thought some of the story plot was a little bit weak. But this one uh, with like they're taking it old school with Dumbledore and. Um, you go back to to see uh, Newt at school and yeah. stuff, and mm. like it looks very very cool. So. And whoever they've got to play a young Eddie Redmayne is Perfect. spot on. Yeah, both <laughs> physically and the way that he's mimicked the voice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah it's almost like I almost feel like they, I wish they'd kind of done that in the first film to give us kind of a 
um, a Rosetta Stone, like a touchstone to be able to go, okay, so this is him at, at Hogwarts. There's some characters we know. And then we can veer off into his story rather than... Yeah, like a bit of context. Yeah, but rather than sort of drop hardcore into his story. And then now only in the second film are we going to go back and, and sort of see how he fits into this giant yeah. sort of world that, that may, we've been that used That may to. be a part of it too because it was so jarring going from like the Hogwarts and, and the magic world that you know to America where everything is so very different mm. and this new character and everything was so new. It's Yeah. yeah. It was a lot and stylistically it was so different as well. Like we're used yeah. to seeing the Harry Potter world in London, in, you know, in Europe. So it's it's like it had that kind of European sort of feel to it. So it's like even just the just the sets and that kind of stuff in America, it just didn't quite feel right. It's yeah. like we needed to build up to it rather than I think just be kind of dropped into it. Which is strange because it, it was directed by David Yates who directed definitely the last four Harry Potter films. So I don't know yeah, if it was last so. last five maybe, but definitely the last four. And so obviously those films from movie number one through to seven, they all felt like they were in the same world even yeah. though you had Christopher Columbus do a couple of Alfonso Cuarón darker and dirtier and grittier as they went through <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much no there was no cleaner it was just they were just <laughs> dirtier every time yeah so I was I think that's what struck me too from from memory about the first Fantastic Beast was that I'm like this just doesn't feel like it belongs in in that world and I guess you know it is set what 70 years before the events of Harry Potter so mm. events wise character wise there should only be tiny little uh, nuggets in there for us to, to hold on to but um, again, no pun intended, but it it didn't really have the magic there the way that Harry Potter did. Even come the seventh or eighth film, when they would do something wizardry, it 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 just had this real magical feel about it mm. as a viewer. Whereas this movie, and I'm like, ah, oh, just it seems like a it would seem like more of a rip off of Harry Potter yeah. than it yeah. did a, a prequel or a, think, or a spin off. I think the juxtaposition of seeing magic in the modern world is like seeing someone holding a wand and a mobile phone. Mm is just such a weird sort of thing. But it's like when you take it back that far in time and it's all kind of kooky and fun, it's like the the magic doesn't seem to stand out as much mm. because we're already sort of, we're traveling back in time and it's not obviously an accurate, you know, kind of looking uh, time period. They've kind of just sort of, you know, polished it all up and made it look fun and neat and tidy. And it's like, well, the whole thing is a magical world now. So it's like the the actual magic doesn't seem to stand out as much as it does when, you know, you see them in some of the later films just, you know, walking through the streets of London, jumping in a, in a phone booth to go to the you know Ministry of Magic and all that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. to me, that's the funnest part of Harry Potter is the juxtaposition of the modern world and, and all this magic and stuff. So, and Maybe 10 or 15 years ago, you hear that Johnny Depp has joined this franchise. You get really excited, but by now it's like, oh, Johnny Depp's playing another zany, weird-looking character. Mm. Now, for me, I, did, I don't know anything about, you know, again, the franchise and never read the books or anything, so I was being delivered that information through the first movie and, and the Harry Potter films. But when Johnny Depp pops up at the end of the first Fantastic Beasts, I'm like, oh, wow, what a reveal. And then this movie is named after his character, so he's obviously mm. going to play a, a big role. Now he's got the, the bleached hair, he's got the goatee or whatever. He's obviously going to play... Contacts. Yeah, he's got the contacts going on. So it's, again, Johnny Depp going back to the, to the well that a lot of people are sick of. But at the same time, I watch this and I'm like, I, I think I can get behind you in this movie. Like, you know, I, I love him as, as Jack Sparrow, even in Pirates 5, even though it feels a little bit tired, I still like him in that role because I've got such fond movies, uh, fond memories of the first one. But seeing him in this, after the Willy Wonkers and, and the Mad Hatters and stuff, I'm like, no, I, th I think I'm ready to watch you play another weird role because it doesn't seem mm. like he's over the top, at least yet. He's he's going to be evil Johnny Depp yeah. and, and he's he can be very good at that. I think that's mm. what it is. It's that 
up until this point, he's always played like this weird good guy. Yeah. But like this, he is, he's evil. Like he's hundred percent the bad guy. Yeah. No questions asked. Yeah. So well, parts of the Caribbean, he's a pirate. He should be the bad he guy. He should be the bad guy. Pirates are bad, mm. but he's the good pirate. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. He's the goofy fun guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. it seems like a nice mix because when he did that, um, uh, fa- you know, based on real events movie a couple of years ago, Black Mass about the gangster, Everyone's like, "Wow, this is his comeback," and and that movie wasn't as beloved, I think, as what people were hoping. But they really liked him in it, and it's sort of like he's applying that tone to a zany type character in a weird fantastical world, and hopefully they can just blend together. Yeah. And at, at this stage, anyway, it's only a first look trailer; it's three and a half minutes, yeah. and he's probably in thirty well, think, seconds of it. But yeah. for me, that was one of the the letdowns of the first Fantastic Beasts. Is I was so looking forward to him in it, and he's only in the last sort of you know what ten minutes or mm. something like that. Um, so I think uh, Eddie Redmayne is amazing. Um, I don't think he had anyone sort of on his level to play off for most of the first film. Mm. Yeah. Like good characters, but not at his level. So I'm hoping that you know we'll, we'll get a bit of that in um, in this in this second film is a bit more of them playing off each other, or just even if they don't meet till till the end, till the climactic battle at the end or whatever. It's like at least the scenes that don't have uh, Eddie Redmayne in them are going to have Johnny Depp in them, and he's going to chew the scenery just as much. So it's going to be more engaging for us, I mm. think. And and like we said earlier, it's going to be you know um, familiar familiar backdrops that, yeah. that these instances are going to take place. So and were um, you a book reader, Emma of Harry Potter? Oh, I read them. I've read them once. I've yeah. read the series once back when I was like 13 or something. Yeah, so okay. It's mm. like a bit foggy in my memory as to like exactly the events, but yeah. So you see Jude Law in this playing a young Dumbledore. Is that exciting that you get oh, to explore that character? That. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. Like, I'm so excited to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and even just through the trailer, he actually looks like he's playing it very subtly. Like, yeah. it's just, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Dumbledore. Like, he could be any character, mm. but he's a very, very important character. Yeah. yeah. And he just looks like he's playing it just very quietly in the corner. And what? that's what I'm actually really excited about is Jude Law. Yeah. I mean, he's in a massive couple of months. That's coming out in, what, November, December. And then in March, he's Marvel in, yeah. uh, in Captain Marvel. The Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Although I think at Comic Con he refused to confirm that he is actually Marvel, which yeah. I thought was. But everyone's like, you got to be Marvel. It was confirmed years ago when he was yeah. cast, but whatever. So yeah, but he's yeah, from all the, of a sudden... uh, from the Fantastic Beast trailer, I think it's a very clever way for him to play it because we've had two Dumbledores already. We had the original Dumbledore for the first three films. Two. Oh, yes, because Michael Gambon came in for. Um, Azkaban. Azkaban, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so we had the original Dumbledore, which people loved that character and the way he played it, that you know, soft-spoken old wise man. I love Michael Gambon in um, Azkaban, mm. but then in Goblet of Fire, he got... When he started like yelling at Harry and being real... I was mm. like, whoa, whoa, that's not Dumbledore. Dumbledore doesn't yell. He doesn't mm. get angry. Yeah, because the yeah. first two movies, like Richard Harris is obviously towards the end of his life and you're speaking a bit like this the whole time. And, and you're like, perfect. Yeah, and he was this nice, like, he's kind of your mate's grandfather who is mm. a legend of whatever he did. Like, you got respect for him, but you don't expect him to get off the chair. Yeah, Gamden comes along, and you're like, man, he is, like, he's old, but he's going to fuck some shit up if, yeah. you, if you cross this bloke. Yeah, like, he, I, I loved him, and I never felt like he was going to turn bad or anything, but at the same time, I didn't want, it, like, Harry to piss him off, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it was a very two different takes on the same character. So I think um, Jude Law's very, very clever in a way that he's not trying to imitate one or the other. He's just trying to step back and just be very subtle and soft. And I think that way it leaves us as movie watchers to kind of, whether you prefer the original Dumbledore or Michael Gambon, it's like you can you can pick and choose mm. what you see in that yeah, and, sure. and what parts of Dumbledore that you like. Dare so. we compare him? Is he going to be the Ewan McGregor to Harris and Gambon's, you know, Alec Guinness, where it's like, Ooh. we know that character, we know how that was played, that's how it's played. 
and then Ewan McGregor, arguably the best part of the prequels. You liked his take I on... I say arguably, mate. Definitely. Well, okay, yeah. I'm just trying to play safe. In, I, don't I mean, know. in this room. I, mean, I don't know. Room. Emma could come in. She could be a huge Jar Jar Binks apologist. <laughs> I don't know these things. Hey, man. That was my childhood. I <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was my introduction to Star Wars. It was it episode was. one. Uh, uh, made me a fan, and now I judge it. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, that might be that might be where he is is, is to me. Yes, I'm yeah. really looking forward to uh, to that. And um, you know, and then there's all the other characters are returning. Like you got uh, the likes of um, oh God, what's Flash's name? Um, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. Like he's back, but he, he was in like three shots. Yeah, mm. and it's like cool. I'm and then you got kind of confused about that though. Yeah, yeah. From from the first film, from it's the like first film. I thought really? he, mm. that w- that was done. Mm. But. I'll take your word for it because I haven't rewatched that first film, so I fully expected him to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Or when the kids are in bed or at Nan's place, I'm rewatching that movie. Let's get back to DC. Uh, Now, if I wasn't aware of Aquaman, I sure as hell wasn't aware of Shazam or (laughs) Captain. He he was also Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel, yeah. yeah. Until sort of Marvel Comics uh, won that lawsuit and went, man, you got to call that like Shazam from now on. Yeah. And how do you know it? The, like, They've had this share the same name in different publishing companies for decades, and now they're going to have their first films come out within the space of like a month of of each other, which is pretty crazy. But um, yeah, they they sort of they set this up as being, you know, the the familiar friendlier version of of the DC universe. Is it even going to be tied into the DC world? Is it going to be like an offshoot, you know, and, and else worlds where those characters exist, but maybe not the same way as what we've seen in BVS or Justice League? And I guess now with certain bits in this trailer, we see it is in the same world, isn't it? Mm. We, we, we'll, we'll see when we actually see the movie, but it's an interesting mix when you read about it because the guy who's directed it, his last couple of films have been horror films. He did Lights Out. He did Annabelle Creation. And then he goes and makes Shazam. It's like, hey, make Big the superhero. You're like, how's this going to work out? And then, you know, Zachary Levi. And then you got these kids that I don't really know. And it's like, what what is this character? What is this movie going to be? And what's the tone going to be when everyone's criticized the tone of these DC films so far? Now, Brendan, who does join us here on Get Into Geek uh, quite often, uh, couldn't be here today. He was the one that alerted me to this trailer being out. And he was like, this looks really cool. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I was like, yeah, that, that looks all right. Gave it like a day, watched it again, and then I watched it again, and I watched it again. Like, I really got into this trailer. It feels very fun. <laughs> so and you do rewatch some things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, short burst, mate. I haven't got a lot of it. I haven't got a big attention span. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, I thought this looked really cool. It's almost like what Aquaman sort of still got the hangover of whatever you thought negatively about the other DC films. Shazam's like... It's the first DC movie ten years after they stopped making them. It's like, hey, we're a fresh thing. Don't worry about. Don't worry about that. That's old news. That's all that other DC stuff. That is so long ago. This is our new thing. This is what we're doing. It's our new flavor. And it looks ridiculous. If you don't know the character, here he is. He's a kid. He turns into this character. He's wearing a cape that's like it's a child's cape, but on an adult's body. He's wearing a bright red costume with a big lightning on the front. That blows. Yeah, you know. And it's just like, what is this? But. The tone has got to sell it to you and the performances mm. and the tone even just of this trailer mixed with the chemistry of both Zachary Levi and uh, the kid from It and uh, and the younger version of Billy Batson as well. It sold it to me. In in this two minutes, again, the movie could be completely different, but if the movie is a, a longer version of this trailer, the way that it sell, sells up its tone, its mix of humour and action and, and, and fun with hopefully some suspense and stakes, I'm I'm on board. This looks yeah really the, cool. The trailer sold me. It's it's Tom Hanks big plus superpowers. What more could I ever want in my entire life? Yeah, you know that part of it sold me. The the big glowy lightning bolt. 
I'm not sure about. <laughs> um, Zachary Levi, like I was so super critical of that when it was cast. I'm like, he's tiny. He needs to bulk up. But visually, they've kind of almost played up the fact that it looks like a muscle suit. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's, you know, as long if you're in on that joke, I think you can really, really enjoy it. Um, it does look fun. Um, all I need is the bit, the, the scene from Big with the shimmy, 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 wow. If they have that in it, I'll be absolutely sold. Um, yeah, my only concern is obviously if he will join the Justice League at any point. Yeah. How is that going to work? I mean, uh, Shazam has always been like that fish out of water. He's that very wholesome... In a lot of iterations, the Justice League don't even know who Billy Batson is. They just know Shazam. They don't even know that that's his alter ego. To the point, even in um, my favourite DC cartoon, uh, Young Justice, he's in that, and he's brilliant in that voice by Rob Lowe, and it's absolutely amazing. But because he's so kind of old school and wholesome and that kind of stuff, they even draw him differently in that he has no uh, white part of his eye, like the way they actually draw him in the cartoon. All the other characters have proper, you know, done eyes. He just kind of has this little black dot with this thing around it, like yeah, with this right. little sort of little hook around it. So he visually looks completely different. So, and again, like I was saying earlier uh, with Aquaman, it's like those sort of things you can do in animation and in comics and stuff like that, but it's a hard thing to then translate into live action. So this as a standalone looks like it's going to be a whole bunch of fun, but seeing him next to like, you know, um, Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Mm. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I can buy that. I don't. To me, at this stage, if, if we're going to compare it for uh, for a second to the MCU, this to me might be the Guardians. So it's like it, it's part of that same universe, but we'll only mix them together if and when it feels right. So, you know, we had the Guardians appear in two of their own films, then we get Infinity War, and that meeting made sense. And that tone those characters, the way that they acted and spoke made sense. Even though you throw them up against someone who as serious as Dr. Strange or Iron Man Mm. at times and things. So yeah, I think they've probably played it safe in this where you won't have any great connections or he won't go and join the justice league. You won't see wonder woman come to recruit him or anything like that, but they've put it in the same universe just in case a couple of years down the track, mm. he proves to be maybe their big selling point. Who knows? Yeah. He could be what you would expect Superman to be in this franchise well, and be their, their their big moneymaker, and then they make a Justice League film around him in a way. Well, and traditionally, the Justice League is seven. It's usually five or seven. It's always an odd number, so Superman can always stand in the middle and have equal numbers flanking him on either side. Justice League had six. So it's up. like... <laughs> <laughs> They need a seventh, and they've got all the traditional ones. So of, of the traditional kind of founding members of the Justice League, the only ones left are Shazam, uh, Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter. So it's like, well, they're not going to go Green Lantern again. They've learnt their lesson. They're like, not no, yet. no, not, not, yet. not yet. We don't <laughs> see that. Martian Manhunter's currently over on Supergirl in the CW. So they're kind of, I think they're a little bit like, oh, do we want to do another? We've already got two Flashes. Um, and two Supermen running around because yeah. of that TV show. Do we want to, you know, a, a movie verse Martian Manhunter? They as could well? make the call though, because you've had Manu Bennett as Deathstroke on um, Arrow. Ah, that's true. And then the last time he left, it's like, oh, I wonder whether we'll see him again. And then I read reports that because they were thinking about, and they're still, if you believe Joe Manganiello, still going to make a Deathstroke movie, and obviously appeared in Justice League in uh, post credits. The movie side of Warner Brothers and DC told the TV side, uh-uh, you can't use Deathstroke anymore. 
Mm. Not yet. Anyway, he's well, indefinitely on hold for TV universe until movie. So they could just they could sweep into Supergirl season four and go, "Hey, Martian Manhunter, he's either going to die or go back mm. to Mars for a mission well, and uh, wait until we're done with him." As you said, that they did do that with Harley Quinn. They'd actually set up Harley Quinn in season two of Arrow. You yeah. actually could hear her laughing in one of the cells in. Um, uh, what do you call it? Argus. Argus, yeah. Mm. And they were going to set up their own kind of version of the Suicide Squad in Arrow and all that kind of stuff. And then the movie verse went, no, 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 we're doing this this other Suicide Squad movie. You can't have her. <laughs> so, yeah, you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think my major takeaway from this trailer is that they weren't trying to sell even the story that you were talking about before with, with Aquaman, Maddie, even the villain, like Mark Strong is in this for literally a second where Shazam says to him, oh, you look like a bad guy. We don't get anything. It's just they're trying to just literally sell us the concepts. Oh, was he the bad guy? I th- yeah, I think. So. I think. I he thought he was just like some random thug that he was, you know, robbing a convenience store on the street. I didn't even realize. Yeah, well, you watch it again. I think he's got like a, a bunged up eye or something. Like it's enough oh, to go. De- that's a dead. He's a supervillain because then. there's a deformity. So clearly, he's a supervillain. But yeah, I think I, I, in an interview he he said he wants to use this as like his redemption and apology to DC fans for what Green Lantern was. Even ah. though, again, he was probably the best part of that movie as Sinestro, and just never got to do anything with it. I only have one prerequisite for Shazam, and that's to properly explain his backstory and where the name Shazam comes from. So he has six six different powers. He has the uh, what is it? The speed of oh god, I've lost it. The speed of Mercury. The wisdom of someone else. Um, and anyway, it spells out Shazam. So it's like the H for Shazam stands for Hercules, the strength of Hercules. The power of Zeus is the Z in Shazam. And then there's, it's so each of those six letters stands for a different power that he has. Mm. And that's where the name Shazam comes from. So as long as they can explain that properly, then I'll respect it. Again, all this stuff I've learned from like the cartoons, Young Justice and Justice yeah. League and all those sort of things. There that's... That, there's that episode in, in Young Justice where... The, the team gets split into like, two <gasps> different dimensions. It's one of my favourite episodes. And he's the one that kind of is the one to bring them all back together. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Have Has Maddie finally got a friend on Get Into Geek that actually knows what the hell Justice League I'm so and Young excited. Justice is all about? I've, yes. been, I've been trying to get Mitch to watch Young Justice for years. It's... I have the DVDs. I gave them to him. He held on to them for a year. Still never got around oh, to watching it. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Netflix now. I've got Fantastic Beast to rewatch, mate. I can't be watching Young Justice. Uh, it's no, it's amazing though, Mitch. The episode I'm talking about is um, yeah. uh, they split the world like into two dimensions, and it's everyone over eighteen is in one dimension, everyone under eighteen is in the other dimension. They don't know. So all, in the adult dimension, all the children have disappeared, yeah. and in the children's world, all the adults have disappeared. Um, and then Shazam unintentionally finds out as he's Billy Batson, he's in the younger world. As he transforms into, into Shazam, he then gets transported into the um, adult world. Yeah. So he ends up becoming this messenger between yeah, the two because they both have... It's amazing. Yeah. For a 22-minute episode, episode of television, it is so complex and so, like, just layered. It's it's absolutely amazing. It's a good cartoon. You should definitely give it a try. Yeah. I'm trying to get him to do it before right. um, uh, season three comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Now, for some reason, the one that I actually saved uh, of these big trailers until last to watch was the next one we're going to talk about. And I'm not even sure why. I just I, I think it's because I'm not really sure what this movie's going to be because... Okay, let's just talk about it. It's, it's Godzilla King of Monsters. The first movie came out, mixed reviews and all that. We've since got King Kong or, or Kong Skull Island in next year or the year after we're getting um, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. It's all happening. It's craziness. This 
Godzilla King of Monsters. We're, we're, we're introducing giant butterflies and three-headed creatures. And it's craziness, Emma. I've got no idea. And that's why I'm happy you're here because this is actually your jam. You actually love this shit. Yes, I am a huge, like, massive fan of, like, those old-school monster movies. The original ones, even that, like, you know, they went full Power Ranger style, just dudes dressed up in suits, smashing through mini cities and stuff. Like, the ridiculousness of it, I love. Um, so, yeah, the trailer for this is very exciting. So, what did you think of that first movie? Because I know when it came out, it was like, it, it looked, the, the, the design of it, because when I was introduced, like I was saying before about Star Wars, I was introduced to Star Wars, unfortunately, by episode one. But I guess because of that, I got a soft spot for it. I was introduced to Godzilla by the 1998 Matthew Broderick film, where that definitely looked a lot different to any other Godzilla I think that I've ever seen. So this one was much more of that sort of just hulking mass of a, I mean, real like yeah, a, a, a deformed giant lizard, and then it's just fighting other weird-looking creatures, and then at the end he has like this energy plasma breath and shit. And I'm like, what the f is going on? This is not my Godzilla, but I think this is actually what Godzilla is. And I, again, I want to go back to watching that movie knowing how different it was going to be than the, to the Godzilla that I was introduced to. And this movie just looks like taking things in a whole other crazy direction. Like it's going to be a global, like, apocalyptic-type battle between monsters in this thing. Yeah, uh, from the trailer, that kind of seems to be what, what's happening. Yeah, just the, the variety of monsters that they kind of tease in the trailer, like the the three-headed dragon thing in the distance like you just get that shadow of a, of a glimpse and it's just so exciting <laughs> i think that's one of the few of the original godzillas i've seen was yeah the three-headed one but it was yeah. like the sequel where it was like golden it was like completely gold and they couldn't penetrate its skin like yeah, the like yeah. the the japanese army couldn't penetrate its skin and godzilla's breath and, and teeth were the only thing that could sort of penetrate yeah. it and stuff like that it's <laughs> It's pretty amazing. The the visual spectacles and all that's obviously going to take care of itself. We've been talking about story with these other couple of trailers. This starts off and you've got the narration of uh, Vera Farmiga, who I'm a massive fan of. Um, now, I'd, I'd read some interview with her or hints of an interview a few weeks ago where she sort of alluded to the fact that her character has some kind of like psychic link to the monsters and that she almost can control them. And I'm like, nah, that, look, we haven't seen the, the trailer. We, have, we don't know what her character is. I think that is misinterpretation or speculation at this point. But the narration at the start of this trailer, and she, it's like she's giving this big you know, speech to the world saying, hey, look, we've this place up real bad we've got these ancient monsters that you know basically we're here before we were we need to let the old guard come back in and to cleanse the planet we need to destroy it burn it to the ground for this planet and life to go back on and like she's essentially thanos in this world coming and going <laughs> unleash the three-headed dragon and and the giant butterfly and let them all fight you know ken watanabe style uh, mitch i think you'll find it's a moth it's mothra okay sorry again i'm learning <laughs> yeah. these things as we go along um, yeah, I did hear that that was like a a rumor, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure if that's if it's truth. But the, in the trailer, there is that little snippet where um, Millie Bobby Brown's character says, "Like you're you're the monster." It's like in this world where there are actual monsters, yeah. like this one Ooh. woman, she's she's the true monster. Like even humanity in general. I suppose it's a, what's another... that? What's that old movie trope? The um, what's the deadliest predator of all? Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what I found so weird about the um the the, the Kong movie was that they set it in the seventies and I thought, well hang on, if you're gonna have Kong fight Godzilla, Godzilla was set I think when it was made, for all intents and purposes, two thousand and fourteen to this, whether it's gonna be set, you know, four years after or not. It's set 
in the teens, in the 2000s. Um, so you've got Kong, and then you, you, you give us Tom Hiddleston, who, you know, in the, in the genre of movies, he's a pretty big star at the moment. You've got uh, Brie Larson, fresh off an Oscar, goes and, and is uh, this, you know, a photographer role, like next to nothing in the Kong movie, but it's going to be Captain Marvel. So she's getting to be a, a big star. And they said it in the 70s, and you think, well, then if, if once they make King Kong versus Godzilla, they're not going to make any more movies as period pieces. They're all going to be set now so why would you waste in a way waste that kind of talent and never re-explore those characters in other sequels which you would think in a franchise they would be desperate to do but i have read uh, one particular theory online is that charles dance's uh, character in this who if you know you don't know was he tywin lannister in game of thrones he's in this trailer and and almost has the ken watanabe line from the first movie with it let them fight uh, and he says something similar. Um, long live the king. Long live the king in this trailer. And the theory is that he is an older version of Tom Hiddleston's character from Kong Skull Island. Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Well, you've subscribed to that. We'll be okay leaving behind Tom Hiddleston and, and have that character because they seem to sign up with, uh, what's the, Monarch? They seem to like be brought in by Monarch at the end of the uh, Kong movie that it would make sense. Like, well, what, what what role do they play? Why didn't we meet these characters in in uh, the first Godzilla? So maybe we do, and that's how they're starting to merge these worlds in time for King Kong versus Godzilla in two years. Are we even ready for King Kong Godzilla in a, in a modern world where they're making these giant monster movies and it isn't people that are, are wearing Power Ranger suits and they're making it a serious film, really. Like, it's not like it's it's sort of still B grade flair, but they're trying to take this as seriously as they can. <laughs> is a 2019 2020 audience ready for a a seriously taken King Kong versus Godzilla movie? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can if you can make your way through any of the Alien versus Predator films, yeah. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, you have to. It's 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 the same with like any Marvel film. You know, when when New York City is repeatedly destroyed, you just have to kind of go with it. <laughs> mm. I have I have one prerequisite. Uh, for the um for the Godzilla stuff is now we will talk about how you can see some of the other um monsters and stuff that Godzilla's fought. Yep. I don't think I've seen the film, but I've just seen this little short, and it's I don't know the name of the monster, but it's basically a giant like Razorback turtle type monster, right? Uh-huh. And the scene that I've seen, it's and it's from the seventies, so it's kind of like hanging by fishing line. But imagine like so the giant monster uh, recoils into its shell. And then of the four holes from its shell, like rocket boosters are coming out of it. And it's this just spinning sideways through the air at Godzilla till it hits him <laughs> with just like sparklers coming out of it. And you can see like the string just holding it as it's, it's being it's spun towards. Shell. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I want that. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's all I want. I will die a happy man if I can see a modern version of that. <laughs> Because it's just you've just I think you've got yeah. to embrace the ridiculousness yeah. with it, these kind of things. Yeah, and I think the whole thing with um, having set Kong back in the seventies. I think I can't. It's been a while since I've seen that, but I think that there was a comment where they were saying he's basically an adolescent at, in that point in time. Ah. So I think it's like now he will be like a fully grown, enormous ape. Okay, so when you say fully grown. You're saying he wasn't fully grown in Kong Skull because he was like a f-ing mountain. Yeah, I think that's that was. It's been yeah, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen the film, but I vaguely remember somebody saying like he's he's basically a teenager. Huh. Yeah. See, now I've I've never seen Skull Island, so I don't know what happened. Oh, mate, treat yourself. It's on <laughs> Netflix. 
what happens? Is that the Jack Black one or is that a different Kong movie? Yeah, that was the Peter Jackson one. So it's it's a, it's a different one. Yeah, yeah. see, in my mind, I, they're the same movie to me because I, I haven't seen either of them. Yeah, no. Um. So what happens at the end of Skull Island? Is it's like so? Where would where would Kong have been in the last sort of thirty years or so, forty years? Since the seventies, was he just left on the island to his own yeah, devices? They leave him on the island, I think. Um, and yeah, I guess he's just growing. Yeah, well, I could buy that then. Isn't it like they, you know, tried to do what they did in, in Jurassic Park and bring them over to the yeah, mainland no. or anything like that? And if they if they told me they'd kept him like you know in a secret facility underground for the last forty years, just feeding him truckloads of bananas <laughs> un- until now, I'd be like. Oh, come on, guys. No. But it's like, if at the end of Kong Island, if they learnt their lesson and went, okay, we'll just leave him alone on his little island, then I totally buy that he's been yeah. there surviving for the last 30 or 40 years or whatever. Yeah. And then he can come back to, to fight Godzilla. That I buy that. Yeah. That's really opened up a lot more interest for me. Not that I wasn't excited about a Godzilla vs. King Kong movie, but listening to some other film pundits uh, on online talking about it, and they're very excited, like you have, have seen a lot of the old movies, and they, they're gearing up knowing kind of what to expect. They said... When they first announced that movie, before Kong Skull Island even came out, they said, how is King Kong as we know him, which is like a, you know, at, at best, seven metre, ten metre tall ape, going to fight Godzilla, which I think, again, without knowing the history, Godzilla from 2014 seems to be the biggest Godzilla we've ever had before. Yeah, I think I, I saw a, like a scale chart online a while back, and it was like the the increasing size of Godzilla over the years where it started. He, he was, you know, like 10 feet tall or something, and now he's bigger than skyscrapers, which <laughs> is great. <laughs> so, yeah, the, and the, the idea they said, well, obviously you just make Kong bigger, which they did, like, it, almost a ridiculous point. It's like there's a giant, anyway, whatever. Like, I, I, I had a lot of fun with Kong Island, but the idea that, like, that Kong made sense fighting that Godzilla, he would still be well and truly dwarfed but it would make the f- the fight a lot fairer. But the idea that he could even get bigger, I don't, for, for part of me goes, oh, that's a bit of a shame because then he just becomes another version of a Godzilla monster where like he's a big lizard, you got a big moth, and all this other stuff, and now he's just a big gorilla. Where I almost it's almost like I want him in his own world, and it's like a cross universes type thing. But um, again, this is years away. We don't even need to worry about this. It's just Godzilla King of Monsters is the focus at the moment. But did what 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 did you think of the the twenty fourteen movie? And based off that, do you want to see them change stuff going into the second one? Because I know that generally that seems to be the feeling that people were a little bit mixed on the first film, so they want to see them skew towards you know the the lighter side or the more actiony side than I mean we want to see stuff. The first movie hid so much of Godzilla until the final act. Um. I, I was not disappointed, but I, yeah, you go into a Godzilla film wanting to see Godzilla and, and you know, see him just f*** it up. That's the <laughs> point of it, you know? Um, so it was, like, a bit of a letdown in that sense, but, yeah, the hope is that in this new one, especially with all of these extra monsters on top of what, on, on top of Godzilla, like, yeah, it, it should be, hopefully, just carnage and awesomeness mm. <laughs> it's and it's a double-edged sword obviously i think in the in the 2014 film they were trying to kind of recreate that whole jaws thing where it's like it's more dangerous when you don't see it it's an alien the original yeah. alien film it's more dangerous what you don't see is the more sort of you know suspense building element of it but it's like it's godzilla the problem with that is that godzilla is enormous you can't there's only so long you can hide a giant yeah, lizard <laughs> right right it's you know you know jaws underwater fine we yeah. can't see under the water sure. there's you know but it's godzilla you know and it's like hey we all know 
what Godzilla looks yeah. like. Every iteration of Godzilla is pretty much, you know, essentially the same thing. There's yeah, there's certain essential things you got to have the little sort of you know ridges on the back, and so there's just certain elements that of Godzilla you have to have. So yeah, kind of I see what they were trying to do, but yeah, you kind of just you just wanted Godzilla. You just wanted to see Godzilla yeah. fight. That's you know that's what it is. Especially now when it's, you know, CG and not, you know, guys in big rubber suits knocking down cardboard <laughs> buildings, which if you do want that, uh, Power Rangers. well, and there's a, there's a new one. Um, I think it might be Australian on a New Zealand TV show called, um, Danger Five. Has anyone seen that? No. It's like a spoof of it. So it's like, it's like their own kind of like Voltron force and, but their boss is like this, um, humanized bald eagle, like that drinks whiskey and gives them their orders. <laughs> that sounds awesome. But then they have this big giant robot and at one point they're fighting like a clone of Hitler and Hitler's got his own giant robot. It's, okay. it's amazing. Now I'm in. Yeah. So it's like, well, you've, you've got that to tide you over until this movie comes basically. Cause if you love Godzilla, you'll love everything about this cheesy kind of spoofy yeah, knockoff gonna, thing that it is. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. It's amazing. I guess those those are the four biggest movie trailers that we're excited about. I know there's a lot of TV. I haven't even seen some of them, so I don't really want to, unfortunately for those listening, if you're interested, I, I don't want to bang on about it too much because the likes of, say, The Gifted Season 2, anyone that's been following uh, Maddie and I's progress on um, on the Get Into Geek podcasting channels, we are reviewing Season 1 of The Gifted, but we started so late and then you know, life's gotten in the way and it finished up a couple of weeks ago on, uh, on Foxtel, but uh, we're still coming along with our uh, with our reviews uh, so I haven't seen season two yet uh, the trailer so I won't uh, I don't want to speculate I think too that's much fine because I'm, a, I'm a little bit stuff. further ahead than you are with gifted and I think the season two would uh, give away mm. a lot of spoilers for you having not um, seen the end of um, the end of gifted one one that I did I did want to talk about because I have watched it uh, and I know you have uh, I will ask you Ember before we bore you with the details did you see the trailer for Titans uh, yes I did yes Awesome. Now we can talk about it as a uh, <laughs> as a three person team. So this is this is coming in the DC Universe streaming service. Uh, it's their sort of showpiece live action uh, series at the moment. Um, you know they dropped the teens, so it's just Titans. Uh, we've seen you know character shots along the way. I don't know too many of the extended characters. Obviously, I know Robin. It's Brenton Thwaites. We get an Aussie there. What's the tone of this going to be? It's DC really running their own ship in a smaller scale, but to the same sort of style as what the Marvel Studios run their own films. Uh, They get to do what they want because it's their own content, streaming service, you know, hey, we're paying to subscribe, blah, blah, blah. I might go to you first, Emma, before I go to Maddie, because while I went to him first for DC today, I want want to leave this until last, (laughs) just in case we have to evacuate the room. Uh, What what did you make of the Titans trailer? A bit of meh? Are you excited? Are you going to sign up? to DC Universe just to watch it? Uh, look, I I am a huge fan of the original Teen Titans cartoon. And you are really making friends with Maddie today. <laughs> now, that's not Go, is it? Because no. Teen Titans was the good one, the and then Go was like the Powerpuff Girls yeah, on Acid type awful. one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am kind of looking forward to this film, and uh, it looks pretty promising. There's, I know there's been a lot of... Um, People aren't quite sold on the look that we've seen so far for Starfire and Beast Boy, but I think yeah. that is them coming out of a party or something like that. Yeah. They do look quite odd. And they're all in up in arms because Starfire, who's an orange alien with pink hair or whatever, they've cast a black woman. Oh, no. <gasps> she's got black skin. Oh, but she's an alien. What? Are we... <sighs> Get over it, guys. Um, the weirdest thing for me is Teen Titans has always been five people. It's been Robin, Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven, and Cyborg. Now, Cyborg is off with the Justice League, so and I haven't seen any mention or any vision of of um, 
cyborg yeah, in this in this Titans thing. So is it just going to be the four of them? I, I, I don't know. Are they yeah. going to bring in someone? They could bring in Terra maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that could be interesting. Um, obviously the main issue that everyone kind of seems to have with the trailer is the Batman line. Um, <laughs> I kind of like it. I like it, but I wonder if it's too early. Because obviously Dick Grayson's whole storyline is, you know, he's ba- he's Robin for a long time. When he starts hitting like 18, 19, 20, he starts getting fed up with being the sidekick yeah. and basically tells Batman to go f*** himself and becomes Nightwing and distances yeah. himself as far as possible from the Titans, uh, from, from Batman, all that kind of stuff, and becomes his own superhero as Nightwing. So my only issue is it's like, well, traditionally the Titans, in, and they have Titans Tower, which is a big building shaped like a T, which I know we're never <laughs> going to see, which is fine. But it's like the they're, they're bankrolled by like the Justice League and Batman. They're, you know, they're this, you know, sidekick team that are training to become full-blown heroes. So it's like if he's already telling Batman to go f*** himself in the first episode, it kind of puts a time limit on it for me That's in true. terms of how long he can be Robin before he says, you know what, I'm going to drop the Robin moniker and I'm going to become Nightwing. And typically Nightwing isn't really a teen Titan, mm. I would say. He, yeah. he has been in some of the, the latest animated films, so that they, basically so they can be older so he can have sex with Starfire. It's basically the only reason they've made him <laughs> you know, old enough to do that. Um, so yeah, for me, it almost kind of puts a, a time, time limit on what they can actually do yeah. by, by doing that. So I, th- I think I share with you, Emma, a little bit. I was, I'm excited, obviously, because it's more content, like another live action series, but handled by a, a different studio. So it's like, okay, what's their time? The fact that it is the DC Universe streaming service, like really, we don't really know what to expect, but putting someone like Robin, like a key character, uh, and what I like about them exploring what well, it might be weird timeline wise is that they refused to put Robin in to the films at this stage, even though in BVS they hinted that they're well, they're probably in the Nightwing era because you've got a dead Robin's suit in the Batcave. The Joker has, as far as we can understand, killed him. So we're up to things that a lot of listeners, I'm sure, are well aware of uh, in the stages of the, of the DC universe. But here we are, we've got, we've got Robin, but he's without Batman. I do actually like that line, the f- Batman, in the context of the scene that we've got some thugs of some description robin lands on the top of a car and they say it's almost like they go oh there's robin where's the really important guy that we're really Mm. scared of and he's like that guy i will do more damage to you but it was actually the violence that got me in a way like i don't know how violent of a character robin is when he's not around batman or uh not violent obviously they they beat the shit out of you know mentally ill people that's just what they do in costumes but it (laughs) seemed like he was like cutting people's throats open and shit with like his his staff and 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 punching people to a pulp and knocking teeth out and it that's sort of what surprised me like the language is one thing but it's the violence that matches it, that really sets a tone and a rating. And if you're going to rate it maybe here in Australia, it would make it more of an MA. You could get away with one F-bomb and then some like light bleeding. But if that sort of violence sticks and the language is there free to use, it's going to be an MA rating. And that's going to be content in the superhero genre that we very rarely mm. see outside of maybe what they're doing on, on Netflix uh, with, the, with the Marvel yeah. properties. So, See, rewriting it in my head, just the way you've explained it, then I'm like... Gee, wouldn't it be really cool if Brendan Thwaites' character turned out to be Jason Todd instead of Dick Grayson? Mm. And it's him going dark side. You know, it's him going that way of the Red Hood. But then I'm like, well, yeah, that'd be cool for a movie, but you couldn't carry that on through a TV series. A, because Brendan Thwaites is the name of of everyone that they've cast. He's going to be number one on the call sheet. So it's like you couldn't have that character stay as the main character through the whole thing. It's like it'd be great if... You know, yeah, the end of the first episode, they kill him off. 
you know, and bring in the the third Robin or something like that, or bring back um, the first the first Robin, um, Dick Grayson or something like that. But on IMDb and all that kind of stuff, so take that with a grain of salt, I guess, is they're not crediting Brendan Thwaites as Robin. They're crediting him as Dick Grayson. Yeah. So I kind of almost wish, yeah, they just credited him as Robin um, and might have left that open to interpretation as to which, which Robin he may be. I think but, it's almost strategic of, for the writers to, to take it to that, like, darker place because you're talking about a team of children, a pink-haired alien and a green boy mm. and... You know, these kind of silly, goofy characters. And you've seen them in, like, silly cartoons. To, to make Robin a bit more violent and, and, and swearing and stuff, it's kind of encouraging an older audience that might not know about this, mm. this team. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I love, and the thing I'm looking forward to more than, um, than Titans, is season three of Young Justice. That's one of my absolute favourite DC properties that's out there. Yep. Because... It actually failed as a kids' TV show. The reason it got cancelled after two seasons is because it was relying on toy sales, but the content was so much more mature that yeah. older people were getting into teen t- uh, into Young Justice, not buying the toys. So when the toy line pulled out and said we're not giving you any more money, they couldn't afford to make the show anymore. Yeah, and people yeah. were devastated because it's such a it's such much more mature content yeah. in an animated form. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how they go with um, Young Justice season three. Uh, more so than uh, more so than Titans. Isn't it just such a weird thing to think about? Like we got you know skeptics, and I I work with them every day that you know don't they are superheroes those sort of characters and storylines? Well, that's just for kids. It's like no, not really. Like it can be for kids, but it's also written by adults, mm. and these adults have grown up fans of this since they were children. Like there is a place for that to be a more mature and an adult story, and the idea that a a cartoon that was initially aimed at children and was relying on children was unsuccessful because too many adults watched it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know what that says about the, uh, the geek culture, our little community that we have going on. It's like, awesome. You got it. You really appreciated this piece of art so much that you actually killed it. Or uh, you, you, you group of man children. Like, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know really what it says about our group, but I love being a part of it. Young justice. They did also, uh, obviously it, that's coming up. Uh, did they reveal, they, they revealed a trailer for this, right? Young justice. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen young justice and you told me not to watch the trailer because it reveals or spoils stuff from season two or first. Two yeah. Well, basically that- it's a, it's a five minute video and the first probably two and a half minutes is just previously on mm. and runs over season one and season two. Big things happen at the end of season two. And then it's almost like the trailer picks up about the two and a half, three minute mark, you know, basically after the events of what's happened in the finale and sort of kicks off from there. I'll tell you so- what, when I'll, I'll get the premiere date of season three, I will watch seasons one and two. Maybe we can do like a pre-season three podcast, just do a bit of a wrap, what, how I found. Hopefully I liked it. Otherwise I'll push myself through 50 episodes of something I don't like just to get excited about a show that I'm not going to watch. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Let's be honest. I'm an adult. It's made for me, not for my kids. Here's some, here's some great nerdy stuff you're going to love from being Captain Chronology. Now I can't remember the exact dates and everything. I think was it first season of Young Justice M did it come out two thousand and nine, I wanna oh. say? No. Somewhere it, there. Was that early? I can't remember. It was somewhere like that. But anyway, the, the the impetus being the first season happens, it finishes, and then the second season picks up like four or five years later. Yeah. Even though it premiered in our time a year later, like the following season that came out. But it jumped five years, so Robin was now Nightwing and, yeah. and all these things had happened and you were playing catch up. So when the so we we were there in like 2010 watching this take place in 2014, 
now that it's coming in 2018, 2019, it's actually been the exact same amount of time from the time jump from the end of the second series. So it's like we could technically pick up this series right now happening in real time and it would be the same amount of time jump that happened between season one and two oh. has happened in real world between, between yeah. seasons two and three. So all the hardcore Young Justice fans are just geeking out over that. Yeah. The fact, it's almost <laughs> like it was like predestined to be that it's like, yes, now is the time to bring it back. And so it's, it's all worked out really perfectly. We talk about something coming back. It was that was in a way for me the biggest shock of of Comic Con because um, they have every year like almost a tribute, an honorary panel just talking about Star Wars Clone Wars. Hey, remember that show? Hey, let's just talk yes. about it more. Dave Filoni comes on. Yeah, sure, I had Rebels, but hey, this is what uh, what I really poured a lot of my life into. And oh, by the way, we're bringing it back. Boom, mic drop. What the shit? Okay, now before we go on, Emma, um, how do you feel at Star Wars? Are you, are you, do you like it, but you're not into the animation? If I say Star Wars Clone Wars, your reaction is? Um, I haven't watched all of it. I, I like, have seen bits and pieces of it, but I'm not hardcore into it. God, you continue to impress me today. Like, I'm, I'm literally throwing shit at you. I'm expecting you to drop, walk away from, and it's like, oh, I know about that and more, you idiot. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up. Oh, my God. This is Okay, this is great. Well, I, I, I'm like you. I haven't seen all of it. I'm like halfway through season three. I was peppering along, and then I took a big hiatus from it for no real reason and then netflix have since taken it off their service i hate it when that happens disney obviously bringing out their own streaming service at the end of next year which is where i assume this is going to premiere uh, so i've got a bit of time to catch up but now i have to go out and find the physical media so maddie you'll uh, be borrowing your dvd they'll be on my shelf at home right now wish i would have told seasons. you to bring them in today but we'll do it tomorrow yeah. uh yeah okay so that's good i'm i i i haven't finished rebels yet so i've got a bit of work to do there i've got a bit of work to do with clone wars um but i it, it's just really reinvigorated my love for that show because i did really enjoy it mm. but now the idea that it's there's going to be more new content to look forward to i just want to go back and I think it's great. And the way Star Wars works in that it's, you know, prequels and sequels and all that kind of thing, and and it's very generational, I think it's great because they did, uh, Disney did can, um, well, no, it was when Disney bought Star Wars, they cancelled Clone Wars Mm. because they wanted to do this Rebels TV show. And Rebels, first couple of seasons were quite slow, but then they started introducing characters from Clone Wars because it was still the same um, creative team behind it, Dave Filoni and and all those other people. it ended up becoming kind of this sequel to Clone Wars in a way. You know, you see a lot of the characters from Clone Wars grown up, but then they're also sort of branching out and that sort of stuff. But it never had the, I think, the gravitas and the the importance because Clone Wars is so much about a young Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker in the Clone Wars when they're best friends before before um, Anakin turns. Um, so I think it's going to be great now coming back. I almost feel like maybe there's going to be some more stuff that is actually going to be illusions to the stuff that we know happens for them in the future in Rebels. So uh, it's going to be a really interesting way to watch it because Clone Wars itself is anthology. It's an anthology so that you kind of can watch it out of order. It's all kind of like these propaganda films and that kind of stuff at the start, which I love. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see how the the viewing experience changes now that we've kind of had these four seasons of, of Rebels in between and now we're going back. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I can't wait. It's such a good show. It does. If you haven't seen it, it does take a couple of seasons to get going. It's funny. The first couple of seasons you're introduced to Ahsoka Tano, who is Anakin's uh, Padawan. And she's one of the most, she's up there with Jar Jar Binks as one of the most hated characters in Star Wars mythos. 
until season three when there's a slight time jump and she's a little bit older and she's less of a brat. And now she is like one of the, like, people are like, we want an Ahsoka Tano live action standalone film. She's become this amazing character who is actually one fans over. I've seen him begging Rosario Dawson to play her in a live action yeah. movie to the point where she's actually had to come out and make a statement going, I, you sure, I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Sign me up. Sure. Um, but to the point where she was one of the characters that they brought over to um, Rebels, and she was a very important character in Rebels. So it'd be interesting to see now how sort of season five, I don't want to give anything away for Mitch, but how season five of Clone Wars ended to then Rebels, to then going back to seeing sort of where Ahsoka is in all that is going to be very, very interesting. I can't wait. So you having said you've seen some of it, Emma, and now you're talking to us idiots, we're looking forward to uh, the next one. Are we going to like guilt you into finishing it off? Have you got enough time? I might have to. Um, Yeah, like I said, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but from what I saw, it was good. I feel like it's another one of those ones where it's like, it's a kid's show, but really it's intended for adults and adults are the ones that enjoy it. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to give, give it another try. One of us. One of us. One of us. All right, well, that might do us for our uh, Comic-Con wrap. At least the big things that excited us. There was plenty more to cover, but if we were here talking about everything that went on over the weekend, we would literally be here for a three-day podcast. Well, there's a lot of things as well that I'd love to chat about that you haven't seen yet, like Orville. That season two trailer for that came out, but you haven't even seen season one yet. Yes, so there's a lot of things like that that we'll have to get to at a, at a later date. Well, when we when we finish up our season finale of uh, Gifted uh, in a couple of podcast time, uh, we can do a breakdown of the season two trailer there as well because it's it's. I mean, now it's only a couple of months away until it premieres. So <gasps> so excited! <laughs> all right, you can check out all of our old uh, Get Into Geek podcasts on the Get Into Geek channels, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you want to hit up your podcast. Just search Get Into Geek. Follow us, like, subscribe, share all that gear on uh, the socials: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram search and get into geek myself Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram Maddie at high pitch Maddie on all of the things Emma where are you at I think we're friends on Facebook but that's not really a public thing are you are you elsewhere you want to publicize or you're keeping your shit private uh, look I, I don't really post enough interesting stuff to warrant people following me oh, well, neither, neither do we well, please don't, well, that, that's not a prerequisite for plugging yourself yeah. I mean I'm on Instagram but mainly it's just pictures of my dog oh, people mate, love that my last Instagram post was of uh, me I'd cracked open a fortune cookie you know that was my last <laughs> post so alright well uh, yeah get in touch with Emma at getintogeek at gmail.com and uh, otherwise we're going to keep the mystery alive Ooh, well, it. thank you. Can we can we have you back again? Or are you one and done now? You, you've had enough time. We've been in here for over an hour. Are you finished with us now? No, this is great. I'm, I'm definitely keen to keep chatting random shit with you guys. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. Get into geek.com.